Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by... Uh, Hold no, on, Todd. No, Todd. No. What? Wait, Wait, what? Beep, beep, stop, beep, stop. Beep, 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 beep. We have a big announcement. We have a big announcement, guys. A great big announcement. Ooh, you're such a size queen. (laughs) You are such a size queen. I have an average announcement to make. (laughs) I have a micro announcement. Guys. Todd's announcement's been in the pool. (laughs) And we just got kicked off the network. (laughs) (laughs) This announcement got real sexual. Maybe we should. Yeah, let's uh, let's dial it back a little bit. (laughs) All right. We're so happy to be a part of the Consequence Podcast Network. Consequence Podcast Network is the podcast network run by the Consequence of sound website right which you may know because they mm -hmm. do a lot of movie and music reviews and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so we were thrilled to come on so that is our big announcement guys hopefully you're as thrilled as we are it should mean some things will change but some some things will stay the same yeah the show is gonna stay the same oh yeah yeah Yeah, we're still gonna be us and we're still gonna spoil the movies right the and biggest difference is there's no Audible ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the, but the episodes will still come out on Mondays. Yeah, yep. everything's yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. New year, new network. <laughs> We're going to return to the regularly scheduled podcast currently in progress. Nailed oh. it. This episode also brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Hey, Nick B. Hey, Nick B. How you doing? Fun fact about Nick B. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah? This is like a... I found this out after Christmas. New year, new, new you. Yeah. New B. New Ooh. year, new B. I love it. <laughs> I love it. He was okay. posting pictures on Twitter around Christmas of a stormtrooper putting the star on his Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Wait, I saw really? That. Yeah. I think he got that shirt for his birthday. That's yeah. awesome. Apparently, it's tragic when your birthday is that close to Christmas, though, because you get birthday Christmas presents. I've heard that. I had a friend named Jesus growing up, and he always complained that people celebrated his birthday with yeah. him. It was the worst. There we go. <laughs> Here we go. This episode also brought to you by Rebecca. Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Hey. Oh, wow. Hello. New mic, new mic. <laughs> uh, hey, Rebecca. Hey. You know what you would really look beautiful in? My arms. Oh. Mm. So you don't like her outfit. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Mikey, I think that's very sweet. If you want to have something on your head that'll hit Mikey in the face while he's holding you in his arms, Ooh. check out Rebecca's Etsy store straight on Tell Disney for crazy <laughs> Disney ears. Is it like a weapon? I mean, no, it I could think it's be. Like... This episode also brought to you by Red. 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 And Red's the one who has fears. So he's. Afraid of punk music. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Punk music? Punk rock music. <laughs> you heard of it? Are you familiar? Mom! <laughs> he put it on and it was like, it hurt his ears. Yeah. It's, it's so the he, worst. He like put his fingers in his ears and uh-huh. took his hands off the steering wheel. He oh. was driving? Yeah. Oh, that's very dangerous. And then he yeah, hit a mailbox <gasps> and then it flew oh, and no. it killed those three dogs from Homeward Bound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tragedy. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. Jen, they call that the Dipsy Doodle. <laughs> <laughs> Classic misdirection. Oh. This episode also, also brought, brought to you by, by Ryan. Ryan. Is that how I say it? Yeah, that's Ryan. how you sound. Hey, at least you don't sound like. That's that's true. True. Oh my I god, thought. that's a great impression of Todd. <laughs> that was me, guys. Welcome to the that podcast. Special guest Todd. <laughs> so Ryan, you know what time it is, right? Oh. It's time for someone to be mean to you. I feel really bad about this one because I know that Ryan did a really nice thing and I think it's great and I think it's going to be fine. But but Ryan made me use new microphones and I don't know how they go and it's stressing me out and I'm just going to get into my podcast. So, Ryan, where are my old mics? (laughs) Everything is different. Ryan, you made her do a lot of show yoga before this. To like chill out and zen out That's with the true. microphones. That's true. I do need to do. But I'm really happy about the new mics, Ryan. And also, thank you for helping us buy them. Yes, thank you for helping us buy them, Ryan. <laughs> All of you patrons. Welcome to another episode of the Patreon Chronicles. Chronicles.
where I tell a story that I've carefully written beforehand, <laughs> written on my forehand mm-hmm. about Patreon members. Yes. And if you'd like to become one, do it. If you yeah. want to get in on this nonsense, go for we it. We only have a few spots yeah, left. Yeah, I think right? we got two spots left. Today's episode starts with, well, Cody Roy, if you remember, is trapped in Jumanji. Oh, right. that's right. Yeah, something yeah. about a green stone or something. Yeah, the green stone in the middle of It's fine. Okay. Anyway, he meets Robin Williams. <gasps> From Jumanji. Because he's still alive there? It's back in time. Remember, okay. he's in the 90s in Jumanji. Okay. I love okay. Me too. And I, yeah. lo- I loved him in Jumanji. So them together made a, because Cody Roy always has a keychain flux capacitor. You know, like you have. Yeah. If I thought t- he traveled through time on a, a time camel. What was it called? I don't want to go into the backstory. Yeah, but anyway, going. he's trapped in Jumanji without his time travel device. Robin Williams helps him build one out of coconuts and snake, snake skins. <laughs> How many snake skins does it take to a build a- A lot. It's like a yeah. suit. A suit of snake <laughs> It's like a time suit. A snake suit? So he's dressed like a pimp. With coconuts. Yeah. And a flux capacitor on his forehead. I thought it was a keychain. Oh, key well, he it's functional. He takes it off to use it. I get it with it, guys. I, I'm sorry. I skipped that class in anyway, time travel school. He gets out. He he uses the time travel device to get out of Jumanji. This is a side story. So this story starts with Russell, who decides he has a nefarious plot. Oh, Uh-oh. yeah? Yeah, Russell, not a great dude. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well, he is a pirate. He yeah. decides to poison all green M&M's. Those are the ones that make you horny. What? Well, we're going to need more green M&M's. <laughs> yeah, can we get more green M&M's? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you yeah, might order believe. That. Siri, order green m and m It just starts raining from the sky. Everyone is hating you right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he breaks into the M&M factory. It's a giant Willy Wonka-esque factory, but Ooh. just M&M stuff. And isn't it also like the crayon factory where it goes down in the little colored chutes? Yes, that's yeah? exactly what I'm, you talking, what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, exactly. It's amazing. Everybody should Google. Siri, Google crayon factory stop, video. Stop telling Siri to do <laughs> Alexa, look up fetish porn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the poison is slow acting. Right. What it makes it do is like you grow so much nose hair that you can't breathe anymore. It chokes you by nose hair? I don't. I didn't make this up. It grows back into your nose, down into your throat mouth. The throat mouth. It's like you choke on your nose hair. Ugh. Uh, so, anyway, Matthew gets a message on his Mary Poppins umbrella. It beeps. <laughs> it's actually from one of those Eminem actor things. Oh, the yeah? CGI ones. It's like Big Pina. He's like, uh, we need help. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. it said. Yeah. So, he floats over there. Oh, yeah? Russell's yeah. gone. He's already put it in the formula. He's gone. Mm. But on his way out, Russell hits the switch that like <gasps> makes the tubes of Eminem fall down. Oh, no. Right. Yeah, there was a guy down there. What? Uh-oh. Yeah, his name was Derek. Oh, oh no! no! Derek! He drowned in Eminem's. Oh, no. oh my God. That's got to be the most delicious way I to know. go. I mean, if you're going to go out. They filled every orifice. Oh. They melt in everything. They melt. Not in- just your hands. Oh. Derek, I'm sorry. Yeah. Derek thought he got lucky because he went to take the factory tour and he was the only one. It was self-guided. Oh, yeah? <laughs> he had the headphones in and yeah. everything. And yeah. he's just like. So he never heard it coming? No. Oh, he never no. did. They had to throw away all the green M&M's. So that's what no. happened. I'm sorry, everyone. Is that why I can't get them anymore? That's right. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Patreonicals. Got invited to this neo-Nazi compound, and I went in there. It was a, it was a good show, but the only thing that was playing was the theme music. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Virgin, everybody. It's 2020, we're off of the bay. 
I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you made me watch the horror thriller Green Room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. This was a heavy movie. <laughs> it okay. really, really was a heavy yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. So, Get ready. The jokes are going to fly. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a real t- funny episode. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we're starting 2020 off with a bang. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen this movie before? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I rented it pretty shortly after it came out. It got Same. a lot of buzz in twenty when it came out. It really oh, did. did. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. All yeah, right. it's one of those movies that everybody in the horror community gets really excited about, but it doesn't really extend past that too much. That you does know? not surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'll say this, like I had never seen it before. Obviously, it's my first time seeing it. It's not a super scary movie, so it's just really... Yeah really intense that doesn't mm-hmm. mean i was like super comfortable the whole time right because there's a lot of gore and like you see someone get shot in the face mm-hmm. and it's like fucking brutal so like i wouldn't call them scares though they're, they're super tense moments yeah you handled that gore like really well you did i, I, I do better with gore than i do with jump scares so you guys have seen this movie before mm-hmm. did you like it tonight when you watched it i liked it when i saw it. i liked it tonight when i watched it yeah it's one of those movies where like it's hard for me to say i enjoy watching it because yeah. it's not like a fun movie but no. i do really like it and I think it's really effective. I mean, I bet people love this movie. Yeah. But it's not a movie I like enjoyed watching because right. it's super heavy and hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of really kind of upsetting things that happen yes. and things that are said and just we see some really, really unlikable characters. But I do really, really love this movie. I think it's a really well done movie. And if I'm looking to get really upset and kind of go on a ride with it, I, I like it. As thrillers go, I think it does really well. It holds up well mm-hmm. after a few years. Yeah. It builds and sustain tension really well. And yeah, I- yeah. So too. I really like it. I'm just surprised that Picard didn't get off the holodeck <laughs> before he got shot. What's a holodeck? You don't know what a holodeck, you know what a holodeck is? No, I don't know what a holodeck is. I ain't your holodeck girl, okay? <laughs> she just Gwen Stefani does. I did do, yeah. <laughs> I ain't no holodeck girl. I ain't no holodeck girl. Yeah, this shit is B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Is that what that's about? This whole time. All right, well, let's just get into this fucking movie. Let's just go through it, because it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Barrel of laughs, guys. I can't wait. So, Jen, where does the movie kick off? Well, we start off with shit, because that's the first word of the movie. It is, because you see a van in the Mm cornfield. Yeah. It's actually the last line of the movie, too, or the last word of the movie. It's like a bookend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, they wake up in a van in a cornfield. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and you can see they're, like, right off the side of the road, and they've kind of plowed through some corn. Yeah, because they've wrecked. Like, the the driver fell asleep. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, really shitty punk band who was, like... (laughs) Shots fired. I mean, they really... They're not even good for punk music. So they wake up, and they realize that the driver drove into the corn, and Mm -hmm. the car was still on, and now they're out of gas. Were they drunk? No, they were just, like, driving across the country. They're from Mm D.C. Arlington. Whatever. That is D.C. My sister lives in Arlington. And it's like two seconds mm-hmm. from D.C. Don't high road us with Arlington. Knowledge. I'm just saying. <laughs> so they've driven across the country. They're probably on some shitty small, small tour. And uh-huh. I say that having been on a lot of those. Like I have been in vans like this mm-hmm. on long trips with people that I now hate. (laughs) I actually don't mean that. You can't go through an experience like that and not love those people on Mm -hmm. some level. So anyway, but like they're out of gas, so they've got to like get out and then find a place to get gas, but they don't have any money apparently. Mm -hmm. So maybe, do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say maybe? Yeah, maybe. From Arrested Development. Yeah, maybe from Arrested Development. I love her. She's great. She's a great actress. I don't know her real name. Alia Shawkat. Thank you. She's Mm -hmm. really great in this movie. I think so too. I, I mean, I think she's great in Arrested Development, but I don't think she's asked 
to do a whole lot of difficult stuff. She's asked to do a lot of difficult stuff in this movie, and she nails it. We both just lost our mind. She does play more of a straight character on that That's show. That's what though. I mean. Yeah, like, no, no, yeah. I get it. Yeah. No, when she was the Hollywood producer, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Marry, Marry me! me. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> anyway. Anyway, they go to Siphon Guess with like yeah. the three no-name They dudes. go to like a on roller a skating rink. for two, guys. Yeah, it's very romantic. Right, it is I sweet. have one of those, but I write about myself. Oh, Maybe 2020 is your year, Mikey. I know what your New Year's resolution is. Not to die alone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. All right, <laughs> so they siphon gas out of the cars in the roller skating or ice skating rink, whatever it is. Right. You don't ever see them biking back, but you see them pushing right. their van out of the cornfield and then driving. So We're you assume they got gas. We're led to believe they got back somehow. Wait, yeah. I, have, I have a personal antidote. Anecdote. <laughs> I'm a grammar Nazi. Ah. Oh. <laughs> God, that's so so much. <laughs> so, um, they're pushing their van through the cornfield, and they're opening windows, and they're just kind of driving through this really nice um, green scenery. The Pacific nice. Northwest. Yeah, it's Pacific definitely Northwest. the Pacific Northwest. It's yeah. somewhere above Portland, actually, because later it's mm-hmm. mentioned they got to go down to Portland. Right. And so we meet a guy with a giant mohawk, and I always think those are so cool. Really? Yeah, I, it's like it defies gravity, but I think it's really cool. Not with My that, hair's defying gravity. Oh, look how high and pointy my hair is. I don't know It's this. from Wicked Mikey. And you might dye it green. Yeah. So we meet Mohawk, yeah. and he gives them keys, and they're going to go stay with him, but he doesn't go to his own place to no, stay he said, there. I have to go work an overnight shift. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That sort of thing is not super uncommon. Yeah. You'll stay wherever just because you don't have money to buy a hotel room every time. Really? So it's either sleep in your van or sleep in someone who like booked the show for you. You mm-hmm. sleep at their place. Or sometimes a club will have like an apartment mm-hmm. where they let the bands sleep. Mm-hmm. So you'll oh. be in like a two-bedroom apartment with 12 people. That sounds disgusting. How do you it's not get horrible. murdered? Some people do. Oh, well. <laughs> well yes, we've all learned a lesson about spoiler musicians. Spoiler for the movie there, Jen. Right, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you've seen it. That sounds really stressful for me. Okay, so they're they're crashing at this dude's house, and they're going to go drink, but Anton Yeltsin goes to bed. Yeah, he goes to sleep. Yeah, and so let's say, so Anton Yelchin is in this movie, and we love him so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm super sad what happened to him. I am too, and yeah. we'll talk about it later. Okay. But yeah, he's he's amazing in this movie. But he's so amazing he, in everything. Well, so the Mohawk guy comes back the next morning, and we don't see Anton Yelchin's face yet, but I love how he's like, oh, you were the first one to fall asleep. And then we cut to his face in the mirror and it's just got He's like washing his face off. Over. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. I thought it was great. And he's going to have Sharpie on his face later in the movie, too. Yeah. I think that's L- a little, little Sharpie shadowing. Yeah. Sharp shadowing. Yeah. Nailed it. So Mohawk Guy is interviewing them and they're a band called The Ain't Rights. Is that real? Yeah. Because they ain't right. Oh, man. <sighs> I mean, that's on theme of their punk music. They almost deserve to die. No, they don't. (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's just say none of us are real big fans of punk music. If you are a fan, we're sorry. I like CBGB's era (laughs) punk music. CBGB's? CBGB's era. You can tell by the way I punk my music. That's the Bee Gees. Yeah. CBGB's a club. It's no longer a club, but yeah. So they're the Ain't Rights from Arlington. And they have no online presence. And Anton says that you have to be there and music is live. And he kind of gives this speech about why they don't want to be like an online music band, which, I mean, yeah, I hear you. Let me just tell you the real reason. Like, if you want to get the bullshit reason, watch the movie. But the real reason is they're not good. So if you heard their music, you would not go see them live. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense as why their stuff is not online. Yeah, and I could see that. Because I don't know that much about punk music, but I did not enjoy their song that I heard. Well, it is a lot about, like, the energy 
idea of live music. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. it's not necessarily about it being good music. Mm-hmm. It's more like an experience that you go to live. Like I sort right. of understand that, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't listen to that music like in your car going yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Like right. I can karaoke well. Oh yeah. But I can't sing well. No. But listen, if you ever get a chance to go see Mikey karaoke, you go to that. <laughs> The last question that the guy asks is their Desert Island band. And they all say they're like punk cred ones. I don't think people know what that is. So the Desert Island band is like, if you had to like be stuck on a desert island, what band would you want to be there with you? Right. So is that like, what band would you want the personnel of the band to be there with you? Or would you only like, you only could listen to their music? I think, I thought it would be like, you could only listen to their music. Right. Okay. That's the way I took it too. Right. Because if not, it's like Josie and the Pussycats. Right. Definitely. (laughs) Turns out Mohawk is terrible at managing shows because he lost them their band and got like shit thrown at him at the last show or something. Well, no, the last show got so lit that people threw up everywhere and some fecal matter was thrown around. So he no longer has the ability to hold shows at that venue. Mm. So he had to move it to a different venue, Mm. which is just like a fast food restaurant. And the band sets up in the corner. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like they usually hire like mariachis. Yeah. <laughs> and they got this punk band. And it is real awkward. Like, there's nobody in this restaurant. And one guy's just filming them. Nobody's applauding. And they're just, they're they're a punk band. So basically, they're playing very loudly and screaming. And it's very out of place. Well, let me tell you, if I went to Las Palmas or Rose Pepper or whatever, and there was a punk band playing, I'd be super pissed. Also, if my Mexican restaurant charged cover, I'd be pissed. You guys, I was in a band in high school. Our first show, we opened for a magician. Holy shit. Is <laughs> that know. a true story? That's a true story. I have a picture of it somewhere. Jen, this is real embarrassing for you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I played shows in venues that were like chi- old Chinese food places that had not been like, they had not changed out decor at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you're a performer, I think there are lots of times when you're just like, this show is not going to go the way I thought it was. I know we're in a shitty situation situation but you just got to keep going i mean i've driven hours to play shows for the other band on the bill and no one else (laughs) yeah so they're real pissed at this guy and they're saying their tour is over and they're just going to drive back to arlington but he says hold on i think my cousin can get you in somewhere else and they're sort of implying heavily that they don't have enough money for gas they even say it'll get us so far but then we'll have to siphon the rest of the way arlington virginia right yes literally Mm -hmm. across the country because they're like in portland oregon right right? they've got to go across the country to dc right hate to be those kids parents i guess I'm getting old because I'd be like, I would hate if my son did this. Well, I mean, my parents probably didn't love it either. Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) that's how you get famous, man. No joke. A lot of bands like um, the Black Keys did this for Mm -hmm. like 10 years before they blew up. Really? Yeah. For the bands that actually make it, there's 500 other bands that don't. It yep. fucking sucks, and I loved it. <laughs> so we're hearing a couple more details about the show, and it's mostly kind of a skinhead audience. Yeah, They're and they technic- do say that. Like, they do. The guy who sends them there is very upfront that it is sort of a skinhead audience. Yeah, it's, it's a like, neo-Nazi yeah. group, more mm-hmm. or less. And he says, like, play your older, harder stuff, and yeah. don't talk politics. A yeah. green-haired guy, there's a green-haired guy in the band. The lead, singer. lead singer. Yeah, mm-hmm. calling him a lead singer right. is real. Lead screamer. But he almost attacks the the guy who sets him up with this gig. Yeah. He tries to set him up as like the one with bravado or whatever, but he's not. It's a I don't know that I saw bravado. I just saw like he's a little hot headed. Yeah. I think he thought he was I'm the badass, blah blah blah. But yeah, like, he's not. As soon though. as shit hits the fan, <laughs> he is not. Yeah. So the the Mohawk guy pretty much just says, Meet up with my cousin Daniel, yeah, Daniel. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't talk politics, stick close to him, you'll be yeah. fine. Just play your matinee show at like two and then get out of there. Right. right? And I gotta go vacuum. Yeah. And yeah. you get 300 bucks. 350. Yeah, 350. Ooh. Yeah. They get about 350. So now we're seeing kind of a montage of them just being friends with each other. You know, like they're just hanging in the van and burping and hanging out by the, a campfire. Nobody burped. That was a fart, Jen. Oh, was it? Yeah. No. 100% it was a fart. It was no, a fart. not said, my band. Jen. Jen. 
They said rolled on the windows. They said yeah. They said that. It was definitely a fart, and I have had that conversation with friends <laughs> in a van because you're stuck with them for hours and hours and hours doing nothing. And you literally have talked about everything. The only thing left to do is talk through your b-holes. Like when we went to Kansas City. That is um, not yeah. untrue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a picture of us online where, like, you're sitting in the chair and I'm, like, around you. That's yeah. true from the hotel. Yeah. 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 We were at that point at that point. That's when I first joined the podcast. Yeah, it is. So as they're driving, the next day they pass a gate and we hear some dogs barking, which is a little dog shadowing. Yeah. And they pull up to this super sketchy looking club. It's um, not even like a club. It's more like a white supremacist compound. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was going to say that because it's like a one big house sort mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. You do not want to go there. No, you don't. No. Yeah. I don't care who's playing. I mean, like, I would avoid any place with a bunch of skinheads surrounding it because yeah. I'd probably get out of the car and be like, why is there so much male pattern baldness around here? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Into the show. So the green haired guy gets out of the van and talks to cousin Daniel or mm-hmm. whatever. And there's some sort of tip or altercation there. I'm not exactly sure exactly what it's about. Well, but- I think what we're going to find out later is that Daniel and Emily had some kind of clandestine relationship thing. Okay. And Mohawk cousin told them about it, but they don't know that it's like. Oh, the that makes so sense. So I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. he's like, don't say anything because these people are going to kill me if they find out that we have a relationship. Yeah, but he's not like, hey, buddy, like, listen, right. no one here knows that. So please, like, no, he's like, don't you fucking say a damn thing about it. He's like choking him right. while he's saying this. Yeah. I mean, green hair guy who was like ultra badass 10 minutes ago was like, okay, sorry. Yeah. Right. Well, you because know. he's a lead singer. Exactly. Right. You got to protect your throat. That's your instrument. No, that's just not how lead singers are. All right. So now they're walking into the green room. They walked into the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they also walk in like you see the sort of the layout of the building. Right. right? You see mm-hmm. the stage. Is there a band on the stage as they're walking in? I don't think so because they're the opening act. I okay. Think. Yeah. Right. And they haven't had sound check yet. So that's right. You're right. But there are like swastikas and Confederate flags all over this green room and it's real dirty. And Anton Yelchin says he has a brilliant idea and we're going to find out what that idea is. Spoiler alert. It's a really bad idea. It really is. Yeah. yeah. What happens when they're starting their set? The first song they sing is the dead Kennedy song. Nazi punks fuck off. Yeah. Which you're saying that to a room full of Nazi punks. Yeah. And that would immediately get you beat. Right. By that room of Nazi punks. And they start throwing things and spitting and flicking them off. And it's it yeah. looks really kind of aggressive and dangerous. And why would you do that first? Why wouldn't you make that your last song? Okay, so I sort of understand why they're doing this in the movie. It's so that you can see that they're like, oh, that's like badass and really punk. But that would just get them killed. Like yeah. they would have just been killed. They would not have been paid. They, You would never do that. Honestly, you just shouldn't. Don't play this show. Like right, if exactly. you're not a Nazi... Don't play a Nazi show. Right. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars. There, Todd. Uh, that's a different punchline. <laughs> <laughs> I also and it think three hundred and fifty dollars, Mikey. <laughs> but still, I'd rather siphon gas across the country than play that show. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe the reason they did this song first, too, is to show that this band is not Nazis. Yes. And I think, they are not on board with it. I think that's why they did it. Because yeah. They still played the show. They, they did they still, still play took the show. Their money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, whatever, man. No, I'm not excusing I'm not excusing. Yeah, I'm with Jim. And that's one of the things I do like about this movie is I think these people are not really great guys. I mean, the band, they seem to be friends with each other, and I don't think they're super bad people, but they're not like real heroes that you can really root for. You know, no, they're I mean, just like regular kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, they're just kids. But I would be scared shitless in a room full right. of neo-Nazis. you don't go? I would take one look at that parking lot and say, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm like, these people look like they come from wood-paneled houses. Oh, wow. Uh. Rude. <laughs> Rude. I did not grow up that way. <laughs> I'm not saying 
that all people who grew up in wood paneled houses are Nazis. I'm just saying that <laughs> all Nazis grew up in wood paneled houses. What really bothers me about this movie, and this is really the only thing I don't like about it, is this scene to me is very unrealistic. Because if you just played a song to a room full of Nazis that was like Nazi punks fuck off or whatever, mm. and they were like throwing shit at you and spitting at you, they would not then dance to your next song. Right. I think that's it, insane. Like, best case scenario, I think they would probably boo you off the stage. Yeah. Best case scenario, they turn around and fold their arms. Like, they yeah. cross their arms and just wait for you to get done. Do people which is, do that? Yes. Really? Who does yes. that? Yes. Nazis. Oh, really? That's you, some, yeah. Did you do that before? I've never been a Nazi, Mikey. I mean, I mean, just saying, like, you know a lot about that. I mean, a lot of punk bands will do that. Like, if you're playing a punk show and you're not a punk band, their fans will get as close to the front as they can. And while you're playing your music that's actually difficult to play and sounds great, They'll look away from the stage and fold their arms. It's trying to intimidate the people who are there to see you, mm. sort of calling out their oh. musical taste as shitty. So you're not only ignoring the band, you're staring down the rest of the audience. Exactly. I gotcha. Yeah, that is very shitty. Huh. But yeah, so like that's why I don't like this yeah. scene specifically. It doesn't make me dislike the whole movie. I just think that this scene is complete bullshit. I also thought this scene was supposed to say that they had they're so good that they turned the Nazi crowd for them after they made fun I of it. I think them. that's kind of what it's supposed to say, but it oh, doesn't because it totally works. It and it's like, yeah, it's oh, like a heavenly mosh pit, you know? Yeah, but let me just say this. We heard the song they started dancing to, and it was not good. Well, I mean. Well, that's why they switched the music pretty quickly. Oh, man. They're Nazis, I don't know if they have good taste. They don't. <laughs> They're Nazis. They don't have good taste. Like, yeah, I don't <laughs> think you need to, like, qualify it. I'm just saying. I mean, like. <laughs> so now they're having this heavenly mosh pit and we're not hearing their music anymore. It's like this dreamy music and it's real slow motion and everybody is like mosh pitting all over the place. And it looks actually it looks really fun. They're just jumping around. They're not mosh pitting, really. Yeah, because a mosh pit is real tight and contained, right? Yes. They push each other, right? Punk shows are a lot of fun to watch. I don't like really like the music, but they're like very, very energetic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of rock music, especially nowadays, is not very energetic. Yeah. So like mm -hmm. Greta Van Fleet, I love their music, but they suck live. They're just very boring to really? watch live. Yeah. But like punk shows are all about like the energy of the show and mm -hmm. not necessarily about the music. So they're more fun to go to. Which is kind of like what he was talking yeah. about in that interview. Yeah. yeah. So now the show's over and they're getting paid, but maybe he left her phone in the green room. So Anton's going to go back in and get it. And when he goes in there, he sees a woman on the floor with a knife sticking out of her head and everybody just kind of like, ugh. Kind of weird because it feels like Clue because it's like. It feels mm. like Clue? <laughs> I mean, it's like, who did it? It's Emily. <laughs> who knifed in Emily green in the green room? <laughs> with a knife. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where's Tim Curry? Look, I'm just oh. trying to make jokes about this movie. It's real serious. <laughs> so now it's, there's a big kind of scuffle and the bouncer tries to get them back in the room. Well, yeah, because Anton's like, I didn't see anything. I'm just going to go. Exactly. Gonna go. And he yeah. grabs Maybe's phone and he's trying to call 911. He does, he call, does call 911. He does for a minute. He's like, hey, somebody got stabbed and then they get the phone from him and hang yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, and they it's all blitzkrieg him. They do. Oh, oh, yeah, they do. But it all Shock and awe, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the bouncer guy makes them all go back into the green room and he's got a gun and there's another girl in here. Yeah. And they're Who's all a friend around. of Emily. Yeah, she's Emily's friend and they were together. And we saw her in the crowd too when we yeah, saw her. Yeah, we did. She was yeah. in there. Now and she's crying because her friend got murdered in the yeah. yeah. Right. And we also saw some kind of shady exchange that I thought was some kind of drug deal or something while they were playing. Oh, em I didn't even notice that. Emily and Daniel, I thought it was like a drug deal. Oh, when it they were in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll I talk I about it later, that, but yeah. it wasn't a drug deal. Right. I think it was something else. That's a red hair. 
herring. Ah, oh, a green wow. herring. So Gabe, who is like kind of one of the managers of the club, I yeah. think, he's the one that showed them where the green room was and kind of got them set up. He goes into the office and we meet another guy who's kind of like in a manager position here. And he says, I need $600 in cash because someone's dead. That's right. So before he goes to meet with that guy who he's asking for the $600, that guy takes Anton's phone. And then when the emergency services call back, He's like, yeah, we were just talking. I want to report a stabbing and then walks out of the yeah. room. Right. So the band and everyone in the room, the green room, still thinks the cops are like being informed right. and they're on their way. Right. And like, so the smaller guy bouncer, Gabe, mm-hmm. was like, uh, yeah, don't worry. I'll just let the cops know. I'm going to step out here so it's not so crazy. And he, right. they think he's just talking to the cops, letting him know. Yeah. But at this point is when he's walking to meet with the I think the guy he reports to, he's like yeah. Captain Picard's second in command. Number right? two. Yeah, he's Riker, right? Riker. Mm-hmm. Right. So the Nazi Riker. The Reich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we found the joke. Guys, oh, I love it. Anyway, oh. so Gabe is talking to Reich, right? And uh, he's asking him for $600 because someone's dead. Yeah, and I thought they were going to use the $600 to pay the band to off shut at this up. point. Yeah. I did too, mm-hmm. but they're not. No. I didn't. This money goes to the kids who stabbed themselves. It does, right. yeah. yeah, so like he sort of informs Reich about what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he's like, I need two true believers. At the same yes. time, the big bouncers in the green room keeping the band hostage with a gun. Yeah, and there's still a guy named Worm in there who was the one who stabbed Emily, and he like drags yeah. her by the knife in her head well, across the room. Well, because maybe says maybe she's still alive. Yeah. Right, and so he just like, oh, well, maybe not. <laughs> ah. And so then he, and it's it's really disturbing. It is. This mm-hmm. whole movie, anything that we're describing that is graphic, it looks so much worse it does, in the movie. Because it looks so realistic. It does. It it's looks not so over-the-top gory so when you do see the gore, it's really effective. Yeah, she had no blood from her knife injury. At all. So the dude pulls the knife out Ugh. and she bleeds everywhere on the ground. He's yes. like, well, she's dead now. But he sort of drags her by the knife until it comes loose. It's real fucked up. Yeah. So now the cops are here and they showed up pretty quickly. They did, but mm. not before those two kids, the quote unquote true believers, stabbed themselves. Right. Or I guess one stabbed the other. Yeah. And the knife was not long enough for a felony possession. Right. And the guy's like, here's your 600 bucks. And then yeah. he immediately asks for it back and says, well, hold it for you because you don't want them to take it oh, from you. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Then he says, if you actually get time for this, we'll double it. But it's like a less yeah. funny version of Stu and Is Billy from Scream. No, I mean, they kind of look like idiots when they're like, well, I mean, yeah, because they're neo Nazis. Right. But it is kind of like that scene, like they're psyching themselves up. But it doesn't seem like it hurts them either, you know, because he stabs them in the stomach. And then he shows it, and it's pretty graphic, Mm -hmm. man. It's so now the cops are gone because they think everything's been resolved. Right. Yeah. They arrest those two kids, and yeah. I think they probably just arrest the one kid and then take the other kid to the hospital. Right. To get medical attention. We'll see. But because there's a punk show. That never comes back. We never see. In the sequel. (laughs) Green rooms with a dollar sign. And so because there's a punk band playing, they don't hear the sirens come up. So they don't know the cops have come and gone either. Right. And Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. He he shows up and talks to the cops. And we see him get out. And it's very like slow motion dramatic kind of. And I love Patrick Stewart so much. And he talks in his Patrick Stewart voice the whole time. A little bit. yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm the older. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) 
engage. <laughs> but I like that he kind of used that voice too because it's really kind of out of place. But that's what I think makes it scarier, you know, because yeah. he seems like he is in total control of everything and he's commanding it. It's just what he's commanding is super evil and terrible. I mean, yeah. he does have complete control over everything going on on that compound. He His owns name, it. He mm-hmm. runs the place. His name's Darcy, right? Darcy, yeah. His name and, is Jean-Luc Picard. Okay, Jean-Luc <laughs> yeah. Picard. And people keep talking about how scared they are of him. Like, it's very clear if you fuck up, he's going to fuck you up. Yeah, you know? I mean, he is in control of people that will kill you. I don't right. get the sense that he will kill you. Yeah. He just knows people and controls people that will kill you. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, to makes him more scary. I think so, I'm too. not saying he wouldn't kill you, because he tries to kill them at the end himself, but he's to a point where he doesn't need to kill you. He'll right. have someone else do it for him. Exactly. And that's fucking terrifying. Everybody's like really intimidated him. It's just weird because he just looks like a grandpa with a members only jacket on. <laughs> he does. I mean, he does look like that. Until he stares at you with his steely gaze and speaks all Patrick Stewarty and tells you to go murder somebody, but don't hit bones. It's just weird because he's like not a skin, he's just bald. But I think a lot of skinheads maybe are skinheads because they're afraid it'll show their baldness if they try to grow their hair. I don't out. think that's why they're skinheads. <laughs> I think that's why they started to be they're skinheads. They're like, I'm going bald. They have all these races. I mean, they're. There are a lot of quote unquote skinheads who have regular hair. Well, that's true. They do that to hide their power level. These are words they use. What? You've they never s- heard people say that? No. Like yeah. Dragon Ball Z? Their power level means how fucking racist they are, but they try to blend in and convince people slowly to become horrible, horrible racists so they don't shave their head. They don't expose their tattoos, like their 88 tattoos or their spider tattoos or anything like that. And that that, that is referred to as Hiding their power level. I broke up with a girl once because she sent me a racist meme. Good. Good. What is wrong with the women I pick? Anyway, she got really mad that I thought it was not funny. And I was like, you're super racist and like, that's not my jam. Yeah, Yeah. that's not okay. Yeah, it's not. Well, good for you for breaking up with her. So they're back in the green room and Gabe comes in and lets Cowcatcher, the other band, go. Wait, what's their name? Cowcatcher. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. But the Ain't Right band, our our hero band, have to stay. Don't call them that. Don't call them by their band name. I can't. So our Scooby Gang band. Okay. The non-racists. That's fair. (laughs) So they're in there with a gigantic bouncer. And Worm is leaving. He's the guy that killed Emily. And he's staring at them. He's like, what was the name of your second to last song? I really liked it. Yeah, that's what I did her to. Meaning that's the song that he killed her on. And and we're going to find out that was kind of a significant thing later on. But it's just, it's really disturbing and I don't like it. And we find out in a little bit that this guy's been in jail, too. Which should not surprise you. No. No. So, still in the green room, and the bouncer has a gun, and he's pointing it at him, and he's explaining how guns work, and they have five shots. And there's another... This is when I think we start to see Amber, who's the other girl in the room. She's the one with blonde hair. And she's Imogene Poots, and I really like her. I do, too. That's a rather unfortunate last name, but she makes it work. She does, man. I'll forgive it. She And she and Anton Yelchin were in the Fright Night remake together, Mm. too. If she wants a new last name, look me up. (laughs) <laughs> how you doing poots <laughs> this scene does a really good job of showing how terrified the band is because they're th- they're thinking mm-hmm. about rushing him because they're like we're gonna die like we're gonna there's right, a dead exactly. body on the floor bleeding out mm-hmm. and the guy's starting to shoot him and he's like well the- he can't shoot all of us he's only got five bullets yeah right 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 and so meanwhile patrick stewart is out plotting by the van and he's talking to gabe so patrick stewart is pissed because this is possibly going to throw a wrench into his business he's like gabe we could have just let worm go to jail for this right so now back in the green room and they're talking to him through the door and gabe says not to shoot them and gabe's like just trying to handle shit and i get the sense that he really wants everything to be resolved safely for everybody i firmly believe that gabe didn't want anyone to die he wanted to let them go but things were just 
over his head and out of his hands. Right, yeah. yeah. And with Gabe, like, he does still work for the skinhead gang. Right. He's, I don't think he's a good person, but I think he is a better person than the rest Yeah, in a crowd of neo-Nazis, he's the least bad neo-Nazi. Exactly. But he's still a neo-Nazi. That's true. I think he's waiting for Darcy to make the call. Yeah, so. that's fair, right. too. Right, he's just trying to contain just it. Just following orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, didn't save him at Nuremberg, did nope, it, Mikey? did not do that. But he makes uh, the big bouncer give them the gun, but he takes the bullets out. And yes. so then they all kind of attack him and the green haired guy just runs up and bites him on the shoulder. And that yeah. kind of unleashes this five person attack on him. It's a little bite shadowing for later because it the green haired dude dies that way. Oh, yeah. But by a dog. But so now they've got their handprints on this gun. And I think the point of not wanting them to get shot was so that they could stage their bodies when they do eventually yes. kill them. Yeah. yeah. And say that that was the gun they brought in there to use against them. So they had to kill them. Yeah. That's right. why I was like, don't touch that gun. I would have touched that gun. I mean, I. I probably would have too, but I would have made a mental note to definitely wipe that shit off before right. I put it down. I was just, I mean, like, they're trapping you in there. There's a guy who's been held I get it, man, yeah. I, if I would have got that gun, I would have been like, I'm going to kill your friend if you don't let us out. And this is one of those yeah. movies, too, where I think, like, we could second guess a lot of what they do and we could say, like, what I would do. But I think what it shows is, like, when you're in this situation, you're kind of just panicking. Oh, yeah. And these are, like, reactions that I think a lot of normal people would have. Like when you're in this kind of situation, but I think this movie does a great job of, especially when you watch it with friends. Oh, friends! Of like being like, I would not do that in this situation. Like, right, right, yeah. right. It exactly. Gives, it's Absolutely. almost like they plant, mm-hmm. they like pace it where it gives you moments to talk about it. Yeah, and it's like if you're looking back on this situation, you would have said, Yeah, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. But when like if the option is taking a gun that's pointing at you, I could understand wanting to take that gun because you're afraid you're going to get shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so they do all attack him, and they end up like Joe is apparently a wrestler, and so he gets him in like a choke cold with his legs. Uh, no, he, he, he gets him bar. an arm bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he doesn't choke him to death an arm later. Arm? An arm, arm bar. An arm bar. It's where uh, you hold their arm like a bar between he, your legs. It's a submission hold. Do you recognize who that is? I do, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Who is it? Yeah, so I've seen him in a bunch of shit, so I looked him up. It's uh-huh. Eric Edelstein, and he's been on a lot. He's been in the TV sh- series Love. He was in Jurassic World. <gasps> That's how I recognize him. He's the guy that gets eaten by the Indominus Rex. Yes. Yeah. So he, he's also done a shitload of episodes of Drunk History. Uh, That's he where like I've seen him from. Nickelodeon TV show? He's been in the game for a long, long time. He's done 96 things. He's one of those, hey, it's that guys. Yes, you know? he is. And it broke my heart that he was a Nazi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love you on Drunk History. Oh. But listen, a paycheck's a paycheck. That's true, yeah. $350 is $350. No, no, I mean, like, he, he got acting work. I'm happy he got acting oh, work. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, he's a fa- I love him in this role. I think he does a great job. Yeah. I just don't like his character. You right. Know? Um, so now they've got the gun on the bouncer. And nobody wants the gun. And this is another thing I liked and I thought was realistic, too. Like, maybe has it. And she's like, I don't want this. I don't know what to do with this. This makes me really uncomfortable. That's That would be me. I wouldn't me want it too. either. Me too. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're gun. holding a gun, you may have to use that gun. I exactly. don't want to shoot anybody. Hand yeah. me the gun. Hand me and, the gun, Todd. Oh, I'll give you the gun, Mikey. Right. I'd be more comfortable a- you going to jail than me. <laughs> Captain Picard is out at the utility shed and he's saying we need some squad, red laces only. Yeah. And there's a list um, and only people who have red laces can join in. Do you know what red laces are? I do. I've got a fun fact about it's red like laces. super Nazis. Well, it's- No, it's not. It's people who have already killed someone or shed blood. Shed it's blood, not necessarily yeah. killed. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they have a spider, they've killed somebody. If they have red laces, they've shed their own blood or someone else's blood for the cause. Yeah, and you have to earn that. Yeah. No so one makes me bleed my own blood. So, <laughs> nobody! So you've seen, <laughs> sorry, not to quote Dodgeball, uh, 
<laughs> but uh, Gabe earns his yeah. red laces in this by power washing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Picard's like, okay. we got to get everybody out of here. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And give me the red laces. We got to clean this up. Right, the- right. He has like a whole plan. You don't even hear half of it. You're like, you're just confused about it. But he has a whole plan. Just trust him. Right. And so what their plan is is they turn the power off, and we see that happening while we're in the green room with the band. Yeah, this is super intense too mm-hmm. because so Joe now has the gun. Oh, that's right. He's holding it on the bouncer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Joe now has the gun on the big bouncer who's stuck in the room with them, and mm-hmm. the power goes out. I don't know how he didn't just start shooting. I know. Because I would assume that the power went out and he's going to start lunging for me. Yep. I mean, and the big bouncer's a big bouncer and it would take mm-hmm. him a lot to move, but you can't see, so you don't know. Exactly. And then um, Amber in we'll the movie. Call her Imogen. Or Mrs. Poots uh, <laughs> goes over and lights a cigarette and puts it in the mm-hmm. uh, Nazi bouncer's mouth. Yeah, so and, they can kind of see where yeah, it is. Yeah, and then too. says if the cherry on the cigarette does something you don't like, shoot it. Ah, interesting. So saying, now we can see where he is at all times. Uh, I heard that, but I didn't put that together. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I heard the whole thing. That's a really smart plan. It was a really smart Way plan. Way to go, Imogen. Yeah, Todd yeah. thought she was in on it the whole time. I did. I mean, and you don't really know for sure, you know, because well, the only I, thing we yeah. know about her is that she's at this club. But by the know? end of the movie, it's pretty clear she's not in on it. She's right. pissed that her friend died. During the movie, you're like, oh, is she a red herring or is she internet? Like, is she Captain Picard's daughter mm. or is she Ooh. dating? Yeah. So like, I was like, I thought maybe she was in on it. And so while the lights are going out, I think this was an interesting part. She's kind of talking about why she's here because uh, maybe he's like, you're pretty smart for a Nazi. And she's like, I'm not a Nazi, but she's still there. And she talks about being hurt by people who weren't white. They don't really go into too much detail about this, but I thought it was interesting. I thought it was like people that are hurt. Sometimes this is a way that they turn, you know, like this is yeah. a, a way that's available to them. And I'm not saying it's good or healthy, but it's like if you don't get actual support when you're hurt, there are people out there who are going to prey on you when you're in your weakened state. Yeah. You know? Hurt people hurt people. Right, because I don't think she's really a bad person. I think she is hanging with a bad group of people, but I think she, I still think there's kind of still goodness in her, you know? So, but the lights aren't off for very long. They come back on, and what we find out is turning the lights off was a ruse for them to get the people at the mm, show out. A clever ruse. A clever ruse, yes. Capital. Yeah, because Captain Picard gets on stage and says, guys, sorry, the power, we blew a generator or whatever. Yeah. The backup generator's on, but we're going to shut it down for today. Yeah, come we'll back. try again tomorrow. Yeah, we'll try again tomorrow. Come back. Free drinks from two to four. Let that whole thing. But the way he says it is just so suave and so distinguished, and I love it. He says, "Remember, this isn't a party. This is a movement." Yeah. Oh yeah, he's talking about the racial advocacy workshop on Wednesday. Remember, it's a movement, not a party. That's what you got to tell people when they're taking too long to poop. Yeah, it's like, listen, it's a movement, not a party. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, it's a potty training tip. Oh, okay. <laughs> So if you're potty training someone out there, guys, say that to them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a movement, not a party. (laughs) All right. So now we see Gabe and Captain Picard. Yes. Talking to um, Worm and they're trying to get him out of town and they give him some drugs, which turn out to be bad drugs. Jen. All drugs are bad. Well, that's true. They are yeah. all bad. But these turn out to be like poison Except for the drugs. fun ones. So they're getting the real murderer worm right. out of town. And now we're back in the green room and they're drawing an X on the floor and they're saying, I think it's hollow underneath. Well, they see lights. Mm-hmm. The lead singer. Yeah, yeah. Who mm-hmm. I think they call Tiger. I Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I think so. He sees lights. So there's like it's a room like... down there. He thinks right. it's daylight. He's like, oh, there's daylight down there. We can get out that way. Right. Yeah, which is, I mean, a legit yeah, thing to Yeah, that's what think. you would do if you were in a cave. And so now Darcy is at the door and they're going to be negotiating. Right. Yeah. And he says he only wants one voice. So pick your Alita for our what's the the thing when pirates talk? A tete-a-tete? Parlay. A tete-a-tete. Parlay. That's yes. the one. They're going to have door parlay. So uh, Anton and 
Picard meet mm-hmm. at the door. And so Picard is saying, look, the problem is that gun that you have is not registered. And we just didn't want the cops to find out. The cops have already come and they've already gone. Right. We want to get you out here safely. We're holding you here for your safety. But it's really just all about this gun. Yeah. Of course, they don't believe it. Partly because of everything they've seen. And also because yeah. Amber's in there and she kind of knows this crowd, too. And she's like, no, don't yeah, believe it. And they're like, there's them. also a dead girl in there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, no way they're letting us go. Right. I would, After letting the murderer go, they're not going to let us go. Like, right. if they care about, like, solving this crime or whatever, they're, they right. don't. This is where I fork away from the movie. John Luke's like, just hand me the gun. Yeah. Just hand me the gun and we'll talk about it. And then the, the, the Scooby gang is like, well, at least we'll figure out if they're going to try to kill us or not if we give them the gun. Oh, yeah. They do mm-hmm. say, I'm just curious to see if they'll kill us. That's real dumb. Yeah. I would not give them no, the gun. Never give them a gun. Because right now they have a hostage. They yep. have a gun. Yep. Two knives. Yep. So so they talk about it, though, and they're like, okay, we'll give you a gun for a cell phone. So he offers that counter, and Patrick Stewart just laughs at him. He's like, like, no. No, no. And just like, look, things have gone south, and if you don't hand over the gun, things aren't going to go well for you. And so he said, maybe you guys were a roving band with an unregistered gun, and we just happened to walk in and find a dead body in our establishment, and I guess I just would have to defend myself. Yeah. So a very Patrick Stewart threat. I would have been like, well, call 911. We'll work that out. Right. That's not what Patrick Stewart's threatening. Oh, yeah. He Patrick Stewart's like, threatening to, come to in and murder kill them. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he says, we either have to hand over the gun or we're going to open fire with it. So they decide to give him the gun, but they're going to keep the ammo. Yes. And they decide to move the couch. I'm not sure why they moved the couch. They had the couch in front of the door. Barely yeah. Meeting. Well, that's pretty smart. And so he opens the door. And while he's opening the door, Amber, who's Imogene Poots, she's on the floor looking through the vent. Because she sees right in front of the door is Patrick Stewart's feet. And he's mm-hmm. a little further away from the door. And Anton and him are like, hand me the gun. He's like, no, stay where you are. I'll throw it to you. Mm -hmm. And then Mrs. Poots looks over to her left. And that's when she sees like the three or four sets of boots with red laces. And she's like, get out of the doorway. It's it's a a trap. trap." Yeah. Mm -hmm. She Admiral Akbar's that situation. And then Anton tries to pull his arm back with a gun. Mm -hmm. And they start to just hack the shit out of his arm, which you don't see. Mm -hmm. But you see the aftermath later. And it's rough. And he won't let go. He tries to not let go of the gun. Mm -hmm. He tries to be the hero. Like, he does, but at a certain point, oh. you just can't control it. Also, I think they probably cut tendons in his hand oh, and yeah. forced him to let it go. Like, they were going to cut his hand off. Yeah, his hand was, like, hanging, hanging. by, oh, yeah. Hanging yeah. by like, the underside of it. Yeah, like, yeah. there's no way it's he's graphic. keeping his arm elbow below. Like, yeah. it's all gone. But so they're all kind of trying, like, jumping on him and trying to pull him back in. Yes. And just trying to close the door. And they finally do. And while that's all oh. happening, the bouncer is laying in this leg arm bar thing. Arm bar. Arm bar. Yeah. Uh, Yarn barm. Yarn barm. Oh, I like that. Joe <laughs> has been, Joe, who's the drummer, has been threatening to break his arm if oh, he and moves. Oh, he breaks and the he shit out of it. And, yeah. Oh. They take, just like the Bible, an arm for an arm. Uh, yeah. It's very Old Testament. I just, I hated that they gave the gun away because they were obviously going to try to kill them. And yeah. they, they knew it inside the room. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was just one of those moments where, like, what are we going to do? We got to try something too, you know? And yeah. if they look back, they would start, probably pinpoint this as Never their biggest give away mistake. The gun. Yeah. Never. Well, and so they get back in, but his arm is fucked up, and he's, like, screaming and crying. And it's all, the violence in this movie is all very realistic, and the reactions are all very realistic, and that's what I think makes it so effective, you know? Yeah, and he's screaming and crying, and the bouncer gets up with his broken arm. Yeah, he body slams Imogen Poots, and so they eventually knock him down, and he's at kind of a disadvantage because his arm's all broken and fucked up. Joe puts him in the chokehold and is trying to choke him out. Yeah. And so they think he's unconscious, and then he's not, and so then they choke him, and eventually they just choke him until he dies. Well, uh, maybe not, because... 
oh, because yeah, Joe not. was choking the shit out of him. And then the um, rest of the Scooby Gang is like, how do we know he's dead? And then Poots just grabs the box cutter and just mm. cuts his stomach mm-hmm. from like stem to stern. Yeah, like belly yeah. button to like almost all the way up to his chest. Like it's rough, man. It really is. And, but I do think the intent was eventually for them to kill him. I got the impression that Joe was trying to knock him out. Yeah. Yeah, but they're also asking how long does it take? But you can see that Joe is really how long upset. Does it, how long does it take to knock him out mm. is what I thought maybe was getting after when she was saying that. And one of the reasons I thought Miss Poots was in on it was because she looks at the neo-Nazi and says, you got this. Like, just relax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll go to sleep. You'll be fine. And then she fucking kills him. She does, I think yeah. she was playing the kill him the whole time. Yeah. She, Having seen the whole movie, I agree. But in that moment, I thought she know. was. Yeah. yeah. Mm. In that moment, I thought she was telling him to relax. You'll pass out. You'll be fine. Mm, like a misdirection. Kind yeah. Of yeah but, she, that, but she guts him. Yeah. Oh. It's rough. She does. That gutting is so brutal. But in her defense, she did see him and the other guy like just straight up cartoonish stick a knife in her friend's head. Exactly. And he's been holding yeah. her hostage, yes. too. Yeah. So it's, pr- it's probably going to be responsible for her death also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But it came out. Out of nowhere. I was not expecting that. A lot of the violence in this movie is sort of out of nowhere, which makes it very realistic to me. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So now they start trying to break through the floor where they had that X. And Anton Yelton, it's so sad because he's just kind of standing there or laying there like with his arm all fucked up. And he's like, I'm sorry I lost your gun. And Joe's like, dude, you held on so much longer than it. Yeah, I I really like that moment. I did, too. Yeah, like his, I have to assume very close friend was like giving him props for doing more than he should have done. And like, you held on much longer than I could have. Right. Let us handle the rest. Anyway, it's not just the X on the floor they're trying to break through. Like, everyone's trying to find a way out. So, like, yeah. slamming chairs into the wall. They're, like, puncturing the drywall, trying to get through that way. Mm-hmm. And then the singer, Tiger, I think, yeah, it is breaks through the floor and says, hey, guys, this is the way out. Right. We know because we go outside when Captain Picard's outside talking to Riker and, you know, Gabe, that it's already dark outside. But they assume that that's daylight. They have no idea what time of day it is, I guess, because they're, they've been stuck in this room the whole time, right? right? And then Amy comes over and says, no, that's a fluorescent light. That's the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they, they go down there to see if there's a way out. And I thought it was going to be a grow room, but it's like they're making heroin down yeah. there. So it's like a heroin bunker. Yeah. So while they're down there, though, just kind of checking it out. And it's a bunker with like a couple of different rooms, too. Yeah. Yeah. So Tiger gets some duct tape and brings it up and he starts taping his arm back together, which just made me think how terrible that's going to be when that comes off too like how yeah. much skin i mean i guess that's he did the, what he knew to do in that moment you know i don't know what else i would have done it probably protects it i mean honestly it's probably not great for it but right imagine running around in the woods just running away from that place that thing would get so infected so uh-huh. even covering it with something right would save it from a little bit of that i mean it would right. be so um, painful either way for everything i mean it's fine yeah i mean yeah in hindsight maybe wrapping a t-shirt around yes. it would before yes. the duct tape it is terrible all around. And while he's duct taping Anton's arm, they're like, all right, are we going now? Are we going now? He's like, give me a second. Let me finish this. Right. Because they they have control over when that door out of that green room opens or not. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So they decide that they're going to go. So they all weapon up with whatever makeshift yeah. weapons they can find. Let's mm-hmm. make a run for it. Yeah. More or less, right. that's what they do, which yeah. we sort of think they're outside planning. That's a great time to make a run for it. Right. And <sighs> they're saying we probably won't all live, but at least yeah. we're doing something. Yeah. You right. know? And so before they do that, Anton Yelchin tells them this paintball story of how they were 
at this bachelorette party. He doesn't tell them all of the story. That's true. Yeah, he they cut him the, off like a-holes. He tells us the depressing but plot important part of right. the story about like being at this bachelor party and they're at they're facing off against this paintball team that are like ex-military and like yeah. super into it. Yeah, they also like know how to fight like that. Exactly, and, yeah. And you know, the team that Anton was on didn't know that they're just like hobbyists. They're exactly. just having a fun night. And they're yeah. like, they murdered us all over all over and over and over and over again yeah. and then the story ends. It was real yeah. sad, yeah. So they're getting all their weapons and um, so Amber, Imogen Poots has her box cutter. Yeah. And maybe has, what are those? It's a fluorescent, a fluorescent light. light. Yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. fluorescent light tube. Yeah. yeah. So they're getting ready to go, but she says, hold on, first, fuck it. My Desert Island band is actually Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. And I love that moment, one, because I do like Simon and Garfunkel, but she's like, I, I just think it kind of exposes how when people answer questions like that as like a persona, they say what they think their favorite movie should be or their favorite band should be. Yeah. And Amy says Madonna. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I yeah. think Tiger says Prince, too. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah. And and that's great. Like, like what you like you know yeah, don't be, be afraid i for a long time said that my favorite movie was shawshank redemption and braveheart and then i finally admitted to myself that terminator 2 was my favorite movie good, good for you, for you. It That's is a big step perfect yeah. movie so they they open the door to the mm-hmm. green room and maybe throws her fluorescent bulb where the people with the red laces were there's no one uh-huh. there so it just hits the wall but right. good opening move if someone is there yes yeah you just fucked him up yeah and but they, you also destroyed your only weapon that is true yeah. and then they start to walk out and sort of are like there's no one in here. Where the fuck is everybody? Should we just run? What do we do? Right. And then they separate. They decide mm-hmm. the dumbest thing. Oh, it's so dumb. Why would you do just, that? I think they just panic, you know? Once you're in the room and you're thinking through what you're going to do, it's easier than when you're actually in the situation. Man, you know? Mikey, if we ever were in a situation like that and you were like, let's split up, I'd be like, fuck you. I am on your back the whole time. <laughs> yeah, for uh, real. I would be like, we're not splitting no, up. No, that's the like, dumbest thing to do. Well, like, you- this room would be my new home. Like, I'm never leaving. Anyway, so as they split up, they go in different directions. Yeah. And two of them die very quickly They here. do, yeah. Tiger immediately gets bit by a dog. In the and, throat. And it's yeah. really brutal. These are dogs that I think they're raising to fight. Yeah, oh, they're trained that brings, way. Yeah. Reich brings his attack dog. Yeah, yeah. and they, they mention, have they eaten yet today, too? And he even says, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, and so. Don't train dogs to do this. No, dogs are such sweet animals. Really don't. Yeah, they're a dog. Like, I have a friend who uh, raises pit bulls and she's like pit bulls are the sweetest they dogs. really are when they're trained terribly that's when they become violent yeah you have to train a dog to do that kind of horrible shit right my dog bit through my thumb as a puppy destroyed my <laughs> thumbnail and i had to get a tetanus shot we were playing fetch Aww. did she bring your thumb back to you <laughs> <laughs> she was we were playing tug of war with the ball that was my mistake anyway so tiger gets dead yeah and we see the dog eating his throat it's, it's really right. sad yeah always protect your throat so the drummer jumps out the window and i thought for a minute this Ugh. was going to come back and be kind of like a die hard kind of thing where he's stuck somewhere and he's going to come out and like secretly rescue him but no he immediately gets caught and just punched in the face no stabbed he gets, he stabbed. gets punched he in stabbed? the face yeah he gets punched in the face falls to the ground and then stabbed like nine times yeah. like four Hitler youth. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the last time we see it. We see his body, but yeah, that's... Yeah, so he's dead. Do you know what that dog's favorite snow cone flavor was? Tiger's blood. blood. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace, Tiger. I'm sorry. Well, after he goes after Tiger's blood, he goes after Amber. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets up on stage, Mm -hmm. and she grabs like a... um, A mic stand. A mic stand, that's right. With a mic still attached, still plugged in also. And Anton runs past her Mm -hmm. and is on his way out. 
and he hears her struggling to like hit the dog off of her who's like biting her legs mm-hmm. and the feedback is obviously causing the dog issues because they you know not they obviously hear so much. I thought the mic hitting him in the face was causing the issues no it wasn't though yeah but, but when Anton probably both but, but yeah, yeah the well, feedback yeah, yeah. is what really bothers him yeah. I didn't know that so when he comes back and like puts the mic against the yeah he takes the, the mic off the stand and puts the it on the speaker yeah. so it keeps feeding back and keeps mm. that high pitched noise going and then the dog runs runs out of the yeah whole he's like fuck this bar. I'm out yeah. I can't do this Sonically, it's not great for me. Exactly. And maybe he's gotten a fire <laughs> extinguisher and has sprayed some people. Oh, she went to a back door, yeah. opened it. A guy came up with a machete and she fire mm. extinguished him in the face. Yeah. yeah. And then closed the door and ran back in. Yeah. Right. And so while Amber's getting attacked by the dog, she grabs a set list and they run back to the green room. It's actually Anton that grabs the set list. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, Amber, Anton, and maybe go back into the green room. Yes, because they're the only three left now. And that's the only sad. door that you can lock and sort of... Right. For a moment, have some safety to kind right. of regroup. And that's what they know. Yeah. So now we see all of the evil people outside and they're yeah. making their plans. And so it's Gabe and Daniel. Daniel, who was the cousin from the beginning, and he's back into the action right now. Yeah. And Gabe is saying, don't put him on the door. Just kind of, he has a, like a feeling about it. But they're talking about the rules of how they can kill these people. And they say, blades only, sloppy is fine, try not to hit the bone, yeah. which is so disturbing. And I think it's, but we'll find out later, they're trying to set them up as being eaten by these dogs. Yeah, absolutely. And so if they had hit bone with knife, that would have been a forensic giveaway. Yeah, you could have seen that in the CSI Miami moment or right, whatever. Sure. But yeah. the reason they don't want Daniel on the door is because Daniel's girlfriend that he was about to run away with was murdered in that room, and he does not know that yet. Right, right. So Darcy tells, like, you know, he's given his big speech to his Nazis outside and Daniel's one of them and he's like this band killed one of our people we need to kill them and like cover it up or whatever I don't know yeah Nazi stuff so Daniel's gonna go in and try to <laughs> avenge Emily's death right. against this band yeah Daniel gets in there and sees that Amber's still alive and Amber's like no 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 they didn't do it Worm did it your yeah. friend Worm and Worm found out that Emily and Daniel were going to leave together, but she didn't say it was with Daniel. And the song Meat Grinder, which is the song that was written on the playlist, was the cue for them to kill her. And we're going to find out a little bit more about this in a minute. Oh, yeah. Well, right now, because we're back out where um, Captain Picard and Gabe are having a conversation. And he's asking, why did you say not to put Daniel on the door? And Gabe's saying it's just nothing concrete, but I think he and Emily were together. So now yeah. Captain Picard starts trunk investigating and opens up and sees He's like some. He goes to Daniel's car. Yeah, yeah, and he sees little. He sees first of all all their shit in the trunk. Yeah, so like they're about it's to get super out. Super packed up. And he sees like cute pictures of Daniel and Emily together, and a bat wrapped in plastic. Yeah, and, and it looks take- like there's blood on it, and like mm-hmm. it's stuck to the plastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. And so he takes it back to Gabe, and he's like, "Do you recognize this bat? And it was a a weapon that they'd used from a bull party. I think is what they say. They're yeah, like you like don't last recognize year or this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't recognize this because you hadn't made your bones yet, but they were going to leave and take this weapon, which I imagine could be it's like, evidence. Yeah, it's evidence. And it's kind of like a blackmail. Like if you try to come get us. Yeah, we've got this piece of evidence. Yeah. Now, um, Captain McCard saying you and Worm saved us all because they were about to yeah. like become a huge liability for yeah. us. So now this isn't as big of a problem as I thought it was going to be. We just need to take care of the ship. Yeah. yeah. And more or less, we need to kill Daniel, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he's now because he's a traitor. And so now Daniel's with him and he says they know that I've turned at this point, especially because he's not back yeah. out again. Yeah. And then, and then, Dar- then John Luke's like, oh, also, you can shoot the traitors. You don't have to knife them. Oh, and we have enough bodies where you can just, you know, just fucking kill everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, don't worry about forensics anymore. Yeah. So this is when they all head downstairs because now they have a weapon. They've got uh, a machete and they've got a shotgun. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they head downstairs with Daniel kind of leading the way. Daniel goes to the bar and is like getting shotgun shells up. He actually puts some shotgun shells mm-hmm. on the bar and he starts to go to load it. And he's talking about, well, they don't know what we have in here now. Right. And then as he says that and he's like going to load the shotgun, his face explodes because he gets yeah. shot with a shotgun in the side of the face. Mm-hmm. And it was brutal and I was not expecting it. It was either. so out of nowhere. Right. And so then Amber's about to get shot, but she might stand a ways that shotgun. Yeah, she hits it into the wall mm-hmm. and the guy shoots up into the ceiling or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then Anton comes up and machetes this dude in the in neck. In the neck. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so brutal. Oh, yeah. For a guy with a fucked up arm, he's a man of action. So as all of this is happening, they're kind of just standing there like trying to figure out what happened and like just reacting to what's happened. So now um, they go outside and everybody's standing there and they immediately start shooting and then they release the dogs and yeah. maybe tries to shoot one of the dogs and she may have grazed it or something. I think she may have grazed it because you hear a little bark and yeah. then you hear them talking about it later. But mm-hmm. that's the dog at the end who's fine. So Right. Yeah. But he attacks maybe and kills her. Kills maybe. Mm-hmm. But Amber also gets shot in the leg at this point too. Mm-hmm. But Amber and Anton get back inside. They do. And I was really sad to see maybe die. I really like I think yeah. she might be my favorite in this movie. She does a great job, man. I, I really love her in this movie. I do too, yeah. So they're going inside and they're sitting. So this is Anton and Amber sitting on the couch and just kind of trying to figure out. Back in the green room. Right. Just kind yeah. of like, okay, one, let's rest. Two, let's kind of recoup and decide what the fuck we're going to do. And so this is when we hear the rest of the paintball story. Plot yeah. conveniently, we hear the inspiring part and the, hmm, this is what we're going to do next. Yeah. Because what they find out is they figured out they weren't going to be able to beat this paintball team because they're not military and they don't know their tactics and they're not going to be able to out paintball them or outflank them or whatever because they're masters of military tactics right what they're not masters of is batshit insane tactics exactly so what what it's really not anton that does it it's anton's friend they went there with Mm -hmm. he was just so sick of it and there's zero stakes in paintball exactly so he when when they start the next round just runs straight for them and kills them all because they were not expecting him to run straight for them like a lunatic. Right. But because of that, sort of the element of surprise, it wins them that round. Yeah. Right. So his point was, you know, you can't do war with people who do real war. You have to yeah. play war with you don't know how to do war. Yeah, you can't win a war against people who know how to war, and you don't. You'd have to be better at them at war, and there's no way we're going to get better at them at war. Right. Yeah. We've got to fuck around yeah, and we do, do stuff some... they would never expect. Right. Right. Yeah. Use your own strength. I actually yes. love yeah. this scene because they Me have a too. conversation before where they're like, we should be panicking, but we're going to die. And then he mm-hmm. tells yeah. the story. And they're like, and it's because she says, yeah, but that's pretend dead. Like what you just said, there's no stakes to this. Right. And now we're up against real guns. And, and then she says, let's pretend. And so she picks up a Sharpie. This was the Sharpie shadow. Yeah, she picks up the Sharpie and mm-hmm. says, it's time to pretend. And so she says, let's pretend. And then we cut away and we don't see what the pretend is going to be yet. So Darcy is now giving Gabe his red laces. And he's like, you're a real boy now. And so they're getting ready to mop up. But he's saying. Um, he Pinocchio's him? He do- I think he does. All you right. know, Picarda noses him. Oh, no. there's the joke. No. We found him, guys. But and one thing he does say at this point is he talks about they need to get a regular house band, and he says they need to stay away from the N-word dope. And I wish they had not included that word in there. We already have enough evidence that he is a bad guy without I thought they were talking word. about killing those other two people with the bad drugs. He was like, winky mm. blinky. Oh, yeah. It's that dope. And I understand about how that word is a horrible word, but mm. these are horrible people, and those are words that they use. That's true. In that community. And they shouldn't. It's horrible. Right. Well, 
That, that's true, but I think it stood out here because it's the only time we hear that word. And one of the things Stephen King gets criticized for is using that word as like a code for his bad guys, you know, instead of like developing with them without that. Because as much as, yes, that is a word that they would use, it's still hard for people to hear, even if you understand why the Agreed. character's saying it. Yeah. And I, I could have lived without that. That's oh, really too. the only yeah. criticism I have of this movie. I wouldn't call it a criticism for me, though. Like, I get it. Those people use those words. Well, and I it's do, fuck- too. They're fucking horrible people. All that to say, I understand why it's in the script. I just, I could have lived without it. Me I don't too. think Absolutely. they need it. Yeah, know? not defending the word, just saying this movie just shows that they're very bad people over and over and over and over. And they are. But yeah. my point is, I think we already know that. I don't think we need that word but to show it, us. But wait, there's more. Well, yeah, that's more. Ugh. Because now they're injecting the dog with something. And I thought for a minute they were injecting him to put him down or like to like heal him. But I think they're giving him some kind of like steroid agent or something to make him like all. I didn't see them inject right. the dog. Yeah, he he's, it's the manager, one of the other managers guys who is kind of like the dog Riker, Riker. Riker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's injecting the dog with something, and he's saying it would mean a lot to me if she died with flesh in her teeth or something. Yeah, with flesh in her mouth, yeah. Oh, which is just, don't raise your dogs like that, guys. And Darcy said, just shoot who's next. Yeah. This is when he says we no longer have to account for friends. And they they split up. Like, most of the people go to, like, set up the fake crime scene where they're going to set up the, and they Mm -hmm. they drag the bodies away, and they they leave the two teenagers to go shoot them. Yeah. They're like, well, we've only got three bullets. Well, you've got one extra then, because there's only two of them left now. And so they go in. And they hear feedback, but it's not feedback from the stage. It's green room feedback. And so they walk into the green room and we see Anton Yelchin and he's shaved his head at this point. And I think in an, another movie, I would have found that weird. But I imagine there's just shaving equipment all over this place. You know? Oh, yeah, probably. And I think he's doing that. So theoretically, he could fit in. I think so, right? too. Mm-hmm. So these two Nazis go in mm-hmm. and they go up to the green room and they're about to, like, break down the door. And they do right. break down the door. That's when we see Anton. Right. Head shaved, mm-hmm. and does he? He says something he to them. He turns around right? and he says something about Odin. Yeah, I think great Odin's beard. Right, that's basically what it is. He, yeah, does, he, he tries jumps, to do yeah. an intimidating quote, but it's yeah. terrible. And then well, he jumps but, down I mean, in the pit. If he's acting crazy, you know, and he's got Sharpie he camo in his face, and he, he looks does. like uh, one of the GI Joes I used to have. It looks mm-hmm. really like low rent badass. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, all they had was a Sharpie and scissors, and they made it work. Well, they did, like, man. Yeah. He's like Hambo. <laughs> But because it's Anton Yelchin, he can pull it off, man. I love him. He's great. Me too. And then he jumps down into the he pit, does. the heroin pit. Yeah. On his poor arm. He doesn't land on his arm, but it right. does hurt him. Yeah. And he just starts bonking the machete around and making a bunch of noises to distract because the two teenagers, they're up at the hole. And then we see. Um, they don't know what to do, obviously. Well, no, teenagers. they have no idea what to do <laughs> yeah, with the hole. Yeah, yeah. They have no they're, idea. They're two yeah. Male and they're fighting over who go, is going to be the one go to go down. down. Yeah. yeah. Here's what they're you do you ask for consent, and really only one of you should be there. And that's what happens because yeah. one of them just <laughs> decides that, hey, I'll go into the hole cover me so yeah. he jumps into the hole with the shotgun yeah and the guy with the pistol is still above him mm-hmm. and he's like staring down the hole and this yeah. is when amber sneaks out from inside the couch so she sneaks slowly up behind him and then she like cuts his throat she, yeah well, she, but she power move cuts his throat because she makes sure that his friend's watching i think that's just how the timing worked out i know i don't think she was like standing there for like three minutes waiting for the guy to turn around no but she yeah. planned it <laughs> <laughs> anyway so the guy with the shotgun who went down to the pit against anton uh-huh. Does turn around and says, hey, are you watching? Are you covering my back? 
And then Amber, out of nowhere, jumps in and like slices his fucking mm-hmm. throat. And she's like, keep count. And then, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then she grabs the pistol. So she right. now yeah. has his pistol. Mm-hmm. And shoots and, at him a couple times. Yeah. Well, she's telling Anton Yelchin how many shots he has left, too, because yeah. we know he's got three, and she overheard him say he's got three, yeah. too. And so Gabe doesn't hear this whole thing because he's just pressure washing all the blood away. And it's like a real kind of dark comedic shot, too, because you see these two bodies on the floor and him just pressure washing a wall like do to do to do yeah so now it's just down to the one guy who's got the shotgun in the pit with anton right but he's got a machete he does have and, a machete mm-hmm. so he's not weaponless he's already killed a guy with that machete already right and amber's upstairs trying to distract him and so she shoots down at him and misses and then she dangles the guy who came in with the shotgun guy's feet down and the guy says no that i'm not gonna fall for that or whatever so amber who grabs this the fire extinguisher sprays the fire extinguisher down there ah. and that's what covers it with smoke mm. And then, oh, this is rough, man. She has to pick up her friend Mm -hmm. and dangle her down and then drop her down and then drop the gun with her. Mm -hmm. So she no longer has a gun. But that makes that guy with the shotgun think that that was her that jumped down. So he shoots at Amber's friend. Mm -hmm. That would be hard to do, man. It would. Listen, I would love to think that I could do that if I was in that situation, Mm -hmm. but that would be hard to do. I'd drop you down there. Yeah, I'd probably drop you down there too, Mikey. But But now Anton (laughs) knows he only has one shot left. So they start fighting on the floor yeah. and the teenagers on top of him and kind of like messing with his bad arm and, and they're struggling. And then um, Amber jumps down and like slowly walks up to him. She takes way too long she to does. get over like, the gun. with some urgency. Loads yeah. the gun. She does. But yeah. she too pops him like a yeah, badass she, man. She does. Yeah. yeah. The violence is so realistic in here because it's not like his head explodes. He just like stops moving and falls over. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, though. It is very disturbing. So now they're climbing back out, and Gabe is walking in, and they all just kind of stare at each other, and he's like, I'm sorry, I had no idea. I didn't, basically saying, I didn't know how fucked up this was going to get. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not this person. But also, she has a shotgun, and he has a handgun, so like, exactly. What's he going to say? And I think that if he had had the weapons and they didn't, he probably would have tried to kill them. Oh, I think so, too. And I'm blown away they didn't blow him Away. I would have just shot too. him immediately. Absolutely. He's the reason you guys were in that room to begin with. Mm-hmm. He may not have killed your friends, but he put you in a situation that led to all your friends being killed. Yeah. But well, that's what I think. That's where I can see you can see the difference between them and the, the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that they, when they don't have to kill someone, they don't. And then he's just like, I want to go to jail now. So. He yeah. literally says that, yeah. Right. But so he's saying um, there are no more dogs and no more people because the dog has run away. Yeah, the dog that killed Maybe, who came in with those two guys, the feedback that was playing through the speakers in the green room mm-hmm. scared that dog away. And he literally ran out of the whole compound and like, was running down the street. Yeah. And so now we have introduced a barking clock. Oh, I like it. Uh, So he says, okay, we're going to go up the road. There's an orchard up the road. And so they've got him at gunpoint and they're walking um, with him and walking through the woods. And so they hear gunshots. Yeah, yes. What are they they doing up there? Yeah, Anton asked that. Yeah, Yeah. and then then the the game's like, like, you don't want to know. Yeah, you don't don't want to see this. And thankfully we don't. Well, yeah, we do. Well, we don't see, I mean, because they're dogs. They're a crime scene. Yeah, their dogs are like chewing them up and we don't see that stuff. We do see one body being dragged later, but it could have been a lot worse. Like, yeah, they stop and then. uh, Ask Gabe if he saw them die. Yeah. And he's honest with him. He said, I saw two of them, not three. And she says, okay, I want you to call the cops when you get there. And if you disappear, I'll find you. And then Anton's like, I'm going to go this way. 
And yeah. I'm going to go try to avenge my friend's right. death, I think. Yeah. And then he tries to get the girl to go with mm-hmm. the guy to call the cops. Yeah. And she's mm-hmm. like, you have one arm and can't even like reload the shotgun. Right. Yeah, I've yeah, seen so you try and reload that shotgun. It's also, pretty gross. I've killed more people than you, so yeah. Right. I yeah. can do anything you can do. Yeah, she's all, anything you can do, I can do better. Right. I can kill Nazis better than you. Right. Ah, nice. But you got to sing it. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can kill Nazis much better than you. No, you can. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah. So Anton and Amber go to sort of the van, the band's van that they have moved over here to stage the crime scene. Right. Right. Yeah. And I really love this sequence because I think it's very tense and it is very well shot. I think it's also very realistic. I think so, too. This is when Todd had a breakdown. Like, why would you do this? Oh, why would they go back to the yeah. van? If Darcy gets away, Darcy's the kind of person that's going to hunt you down and try to take care of all of the evidence, you know? Yeah. Well, and so I would feel uncomfortable about that. Also, I think Anton Yelchin's like, you just murdered all of my friends. So I can understand. I think after you kill a couple of Nazis, the bloodlust sets in. So you got to go finish them off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So now they're back at their own van. Yes. And so what we find out is going to happen is they're going to stage this, that they were trying to siphon gas from a g- big gas tank and yeah. they were eaten by the dogs. Yes. They and were so, attacked and eaten. Yeah. Exactly. And so we see the dogs eating the dead bodies laying on the ground and it's really sad. And so and they're in the van and Anton Yeltsin sneaks up and gets one of them at gunpoint and he's still got the camo. And this is when that camo really works, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then Amber still got her shotgun and she's got it pointed at the dog. And so like, you got him? Yeah, I got the dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so they just have everybody at gunpoint and they're walking them over. Yeah, and Amber has Reich tie up the dog. So the dog does not get killed, which I appreciated, even though the dogs are sort of trained to be horrible. But anyway, so she takes Reich and the other, you know, red lace Nazi Mm -hmm. over towards where Picard is. Yeah. She shoots Reich first. Not just yet. Not yet, yeah. Yeah, they take him over there and then Reich starts to move for a gun or a weapon Mm -hmm. of some sort and then she shoots him. She shoots And that's what starts sort of the the chaos that leads to sort of everyone getting shot. Right, because like, wait, are we going to, are we doing this? Are we we doing this? Are we we doing it now? And she's like, I thought that's what you wanted to do when we came over here. Right, but he still just, I think he still kind of can't believe what situation Yeah, I think that's true, yeah. It's it's hesitating because, like, you say, like, I would kill that person, but when it actually comes to pulling the trigger, like, I imagine that would be a really hard thing to do, you know? I think at this point it wouldn't be. I just felt like a couple arguing. Yeah. Like, are we going to eat dinner here or not? You know, like, <laughs> Are we you... doing this thing? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so she does shoot Reich, and then Gabe hears that and just keeps on walking, which that's what I do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so Darcy just starts to walk away, but he's getting his gun out with his back to them. And so... Well, Darcy gets shot in the back in the leg, and mm-hmm. then he turns around and starts to... Sh- well, the, sh- well right. he shoots once at There's them. like nameless right. Nazi, too, runs towards them, and they kill him right. as, as, as Darcy's walking. Yeah, that was the other red lace right. shoot Nazi, yeah. Right. But before that happens, Anton Yelchin says, you were so scary at night, and I yeah. really loved that they said that. And I used to think that this was kind of an anticlimactic ending for Captain Picard. Because, but I, I, loved, know, I loved it. I did, too. I think watching it this time, I liked it a lot more because he was saying... You're just a person. Yeah, you're just yeah. an old man. 
Exactly. Yeah. And you're so scary because your hatred just seems so much bigger than you. But yeah. when you like uncover all of this and I have you and you don't have any more power anymore, there's nothing there. Yeah, you're, you're not just scary. a person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing's scary when you have a shotgun and a handgun pulled on somebody. <laughs> exactly. But people like that, I feel like they have this persona and that's how they get people to do all the evil shit yeah. is they just create this lore about themselves. And when you wipe it all away, there's He's most just of the an time. old guy in a members only jacket. Yeah, exactly. a sad old grandpa. I know. Yeah. Racist yeah. grandpa. Yeah. And Anton shoots him through the brain. Yeah, and his head like, like spurts out it's blood. It's so yeah. brutal, man. Mm-hmm. But it's not overly gory, and that's what I really appreciate. You know, I thought it was pretty gory. I thought it was pretty accurate, <laughs> man. It could. I mean, his head could have exploded, though. I don't, it doesn't bother me. You didn't, said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we see Gabe getting to the orchard and actually asking for police. Yeah, he says we which, need to call the cops. Yeah, which I give him some credit for. Yeah. Um, and then we see Worm and his friend have gotten away to their safe drug place, and they're. They've overdosed. Did both of them overdose? I thought Worm was still watching TV. I thought Worm was dead, but the bouncer that was in the room with them was watching TV. Mm. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe if he was in on getting Worm yeah. there. Yeah. I, it's a little unclear, but they're not happy. And then we see Mohawk, who's still vacuuming. Yeah, After all been, these years, man. He's been vacuuming for 18 hours. Yeah. 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 It, it, that carpet was really messed up after they stayed It's very there. clean now. Do you know how many gross bands have stayed in that apartment? Too many. But I think Dan and Emily were about to come stay with him. So They he, were. He's vacuuming for no one. He's vacuuming <sighs> for the guests that he's will gonna, never come. He's going to be vacuuming until the end of time. So Anton and Amber are sitting there, and then we see the dog walking up. Oh, yeah. I know. And I thought, and they point their guns at him because we think the dog's about to go fuck them up. And he doesn't. He just walks over and just sits by his owner who's been horribly abusing him this whole time. And, and it was shot in the stomach. It, yeah, and it's really sad. And so now Anton says, hey, you want to know what my Desert Island band is? Yeah. yeah. And she says, no. Tell someone who gives a shit. And that's the movie. Wait, well, no, so the movie starts with the word shit. It ends with the word shit. Yeah. Ah, clever pretty, deduction, Mikey. It's a shit sandwich. Oh, oh my God. Mikey, is, you're so proud of it yourself. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the shit eating grin Mikey has right now. Is that like the meatball subs that, that you usually bring? <laughs> I am trying to lose weight, so I've switched to salads. And yeah. you're rocking it, bro. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Hey, you haven't gone to the bathroom more than once tonight. And that's the movie. <laughs> Roll the credits. Yeah. yeah. And when we hear Credence Clearwater Revival, which I think might be meant to imply that was his Desert Island van. Because we don't ever find out what it was. No. And that's the movie. And that's the movie. Yeah. So, having talked about the movie, having seen it just now, what do you guys think? I really loved it. Like we said, it's not an easy movie to watch, and it really disturbed me, but I think it's really well done. I like that it's so realistic, and I feel like, if you, as much as I love the movie Scream, I feel like this is a more realistic way yeah. that that shit would have gone down. It's a, Scream you know? is not a realistic movie. It's not, yeah. and I lo- it's one of my favorites. It's I'm great. not shitting yeah. on Scream, but what I love so much about this movie is I feel like this is what would really happen. It's like a hyper-realistic movie. It's right. It's like if Christopher Nolan did a horror movie. I just exactly. thought this was like a remake of Die Hard. Because you're like, you know, get somebody, <laughs> wrong place, wrong time, Germans show up. It's Nazi Tommy Plaza. Die Hard's <laughs> not this dark, though. No. no. Not a whole lot is this dark. Yeah, this is probably the one of the darker movies we've done, especially recently. I yeah. didn't hate it. I wouldn't watch it again without friends present. Right. I like thriller movies. Like but it thrillers. is it's more yeah. a thriller, I think, than a horror movie. There aren't really any horror elements except for the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like super gory and Mm -hmm. super realistic and it's just a super scary situation but it's not like scary, scary. Right. And hey, if you're a new listener who's just finding us, I want to say when Todd says he hates a movie, it's because it terrified him. No, no, he also hates it. Well, sometimes. But I think more it's that he hates the experience of watching it. I'll say this movie is a good movie. 
right. it's just not a movie I'd ever watch, you know, because it's super uncomfortable. But they did a yeah. very, very good job making it. It's well written, well directed, well shot. Well it looks acted. great. Yeah. It's very well, well acted. acted. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So yeah. if you like this type of shit, you'll love this movie. Like, I get why a lot of people in the horror community love it because mm-hmm. it's really good. And it's kind of, especially a couple of years ago, it was different than a lot of what we were seeing. It's different you know? than what's coming out now. Yeah, it's I still so. very different. Mm-hmm. Let's talk box office about this movie. So what do you guys think the budget for this movie was? I think I actually, I'm going to have to recuse myself from ah, okay. some inadvertent scanning of Wikipedia. So, Mikey, do you want to take a guess? $5 million. Holy shit, it was $5 <gasps> million. Dollars. Oh! Nailed it. So since you guessed that, what do you think it made in theaters? Domestically, I'm going to say $45 million. Do you want to guess, Jen? I think it's eight. All right, so worldwide, it actually made $3.7 million. I was oh. way off. So it lost money yeah. in theaters. It's probably made more than its money back in, you know, video on demand and stuff like right. that. It wasn't too far off its budget. Right. It did very, very badly internationally. I honestly don't even know if they released it very wide nationally. Mm-hmm. It didn't do great in theaters here. I don't think they released though. it wide here. That's what I was just going to say. I mean, yeah. its first weekend it was out, it opened to three theaters and made $87,000. So three theaters and $87,000, that seems pretty good yeah, to me. Yeah, that is good. I think this was like a direct-to-streaming movie. I was really off my guess. I mean, honestly, even if it was direct-to-streaming or it had a very quick path to streaming, I bet it made its money back after its run. Because it made so $3.7 in theaters. Right. It was pretty close to its budget. Well, this is one of those word-of-mouth movies, too. And it's yeah. from A24, but it's one of the first ones. So people didn't really know that as a horror studio yet, you know? Like, I am fairly in tune with what's coming out in the horror community, and I hadn't heard of this movie until it was already available to stream. Yeah. Yeah, just because it it opened so small. You I know? bet if this came out now with the backing that A24 has now, it'd be a huge success. I think movie. so, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially considering who's in it. Yeah. A24 is not just a horror studio. I'll watch any movie they put out because they mm-hmm. just put out quality films. Yeah, man. There's, so. Some of their movies are the scariest movies we've done. Like Hereditary yep. is super scary. Midsummer is not super scary, but very unsettling. You mm-hmm. should watch some of their, like, their non-horror movies are also like really good. It's like the sure. only studio that I'll be like, oh, they're coming out of the movie. I'll watch it. Right. Because yeah. they've only financed like really good movies. And I think they let the people who are making their movies really kind of embrace the vision they have for it. I think they let them take their time and make the movie that they want to make. And I think it shows. You know, they don't just try to churn stuff out. Imagine that. They're letting the artist create the art. Exactly. So that's box office. Let's do some fun facts, Jen. Some fun facts. (laughs) Some fun facts. Some fun facts. Is a punk version. Oh, my God. Oh, I hated yeah. it. <laughs> I thought you were just yelling at me for a minute. Um, this was not a very fun movie, so I'm hoping <laughs> I can lighten it up with some fun facts. Okay, so the violence in this movie was very intentional, and he was intentionally not trying to make it sadistic and overly... Um, exploitative and he said the only violence that happens in this movie except for the inciting incident which is when Emily gets murdered that's the only one that happens without a reason and he also made an effort not to show gratuitous close-ups of recently deceased characters too which I appreciate yeah absolutely and I think this has a reputation for being very gory but considering the brutality of these wounds it could have been way bloodier and I appreciate that he made it more realistic and less like exploitative. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because I do not like gore. So the band 
played their own instruments in this movie. That does not surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Um, they recorded the tracks in a studio, too, but they played their own instruments in it. Um, Anton Yelchin and Alia Shawkat, who plays Maybe, they already knew how to play the guitar and the bass, but the other two had to learn to play for this movie. That's probably why we see Anton and um, Maybe, Maybe yeah. playing a lot more than we see the other two playing, you know, because yeah. they're probably just trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive. And I think it kind of also goes to the, this is not really professional level band, you know? No, they're not. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, that came through. (laughs) So the paintball story is a real thing that happened to the writer and the director. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it happened at one of his friend's bachelor bachelor parties, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. Sadly, this was the last theatrical release before Anton Yelchin died. Yeah. Which is really sad. He was going to be in Mr. Mercedes also. That was, I think, the next thing he was going to do. And he... He's just amazing. You should check out the Fright Night remake. I love that movie, and I think he's amazing. I like that. I like a bunch of. He did a lot of indie films that I love. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of films that I love. He was great in everything I ever saw him in, and yeah. it was super sad when he died. Yeah. And his family sued the shit out of Jeep. Yeah, there's a fun fact for you. Yeah, man. Uh, so the poster of this is Anton Yelchin with a machete, kind of hacking the floor, and that's a recreation of the Clash's um, "London Calling" album yeah. cover. Yeah. Did you recognize? It's, yeah, that? it's pretty recognizable. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. I I think it's great, especially mm-hmm. because, you know, it's uh, about a punk band. So, right, yeah. yeah. And so Patrick Stewart, when he was reading the script, he apparently got 30 pages in, dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> and he got so scared that he went around and made sure all of the windows and doors in his house were locked. <laughs> that's a real Todd-type move right it there. Is, yeah, yeah, that's something I would definitely do. Well, and then he poured himself a glass of uh, whiskey or scotch or Sounds something. Right. But, but Not a Todd thing, but... Game respect game, Patrick. Yeah, but then he was like, I, he really wanted to do it because it's such an evil character. It is, and you, you know? never really see him play play that type of character. Right. No, you don't. So yeah. it's fantastic. And he's great. Yeah, he nails it. But mm-hmm. He really does. And this is not the kind of villain you can get behind either. You know, it's not like an anti-hero <laughs> villain. No, Jen. Yeah, like this you is... You can't get behind a neo-Nazi well, no, ringleader. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you could choose to be like Pennywise or something that people still... I don't like... get behind Pennywise either. Yeah, who... Does anyone root for Pennywise? Yeah, people, like, people, when you put, like, the Jason mask on and everybody's like, yeah, Jason, you know, like, there's the anti-heroes or the villains. I don't think anyone's rooting for Pennywise Mm. in it. I think fun cosplay is is different than anti-hero. And that's what I'm saying. I don't don't think people are rooting for Pennywise, but I think people like Pennywise a lot. I've got a Pennywise Christmas tree ornament. I'm not getting this guy's Christmas tree ornament, you you know? The Hitler ornament? Yeah. Yeah, what I'm saying is he's a terribly evil guy and also disgusting you know and i think he just really does a good job of yeah he's not like michael keaton in spider-man homecoming where you're like oh shit michael keaton's actually the hero of this movie I thought yeah. he was one of the best villains they've ever done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. Nobody's going to say that Darcy is one of the best well, villains. Well, no, because neo-Nazis are real, not like Jason or Pennywise. Exactly. Or, or even Michael Keaton in Homecoming. Like, he, right. that wasn't, yeah. And my point is, Patrick Stewart wanted to play a villain and chose a very challenging to play villain and did yeah. it very well. And nailed it. Yes. Yeah. All right, thank you for your fun facts, Jen. Well, you're welcome. So, Jen, let's do that scary scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is a scale we use to rank how scary we thought the movie was. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were today when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd, how are you going to rank Green Room? I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Jump scares are usually what get me. And um, 
this did not have a lot of those, mm-hmm. but it was still very, very scary. I I, I get a little claustrophobic and uh-huh. they were stuck in that room, mm. even though they were in control of when they left the room. They were like scared of yeah. leaving the room because murder existed outside the room. And also, dogs. yeah. And you don't know what's coming next because like halfway through this movie, half of the band dies. Right. In very realistic ways. It was it's it was convincingly, yeah, it was mm-hmm. convincingly unsafe. So it's not like what normally gets me, but it was definitely a four. Now, did, because you were a musician and kind of had played shows like this, did you kind of empathize <laughs> with them a little more? I want to just go on the record and say, never played a show at a neo-Nazi <laughs> party or uh, whatever. All right. But. It's on the record. I a have na- played, actually, <laughs> I've played a lot of shows to a lot less people than that were there. <laughs> so that sort of hit home for me. Mm. I was like, this band is terrible and they have more people at their show than oh, we did starting out. So that was horrifying too. It was very scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, how do you feel? I, mm, a two? Okay. Okay. You had seen it before. This is not your first time right. seeing the movie. Yeah, so you're dead inside. I am dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. It's it's very. It's a claustrophobic feeling. Like there's no yeah. way out of the situation. Exactly. And I think neo Nazis are pretty realistically scary. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it an eight. Oh wow. Much okay. higher. But because gore really gets me, yeah. especially like realistic gore. Being mauled to death by an animal is like one of my most afraid ways to die. Oh, you hate my dog. Just, oh, <laughs> just, and it was so tense. Like there were times yeah. around the door scene that I was like shaking. Yeah. Because I couldn't remember exactly what happened, but I knew something terrible was going to happen. When he pulled his arm back in. Oh, and, oh yeah, I know, man. It's rough. See, oh, and having to like look at the wound part of that was yeah. really rough for me too. Yeah. Absolutely. So eight. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Duct All right. Tape fixed that. So. Oh, no, no. And that's worse because I know that skin's going to get pulled off. Yeah. Hey, guys, use a T-shirt and duct tape. Pro tip from Jen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week you guys made me watch Green Room. What yeah. are you guys making me watch next week? I'm so excited because next week we are watching The Changeling. Oh, yeah? From 1980. Yes. Don't mistake it for the Angelina Jolie film. Yes. Way okay. different. The it's hat, a house movie. The Angelina Jolie hat vehicle. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll yeah. check out the Changeling and from believe- possibly the 1980s, <laughs> early 1980s. It's yeah, non Angelina Jolie Changeling, right? Yeah. Right. So if you, you see you'll be Angelina there. driving a big hat, you know it's not the right one. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like a creepy older movie with ghosts. You, you you came in the right place. You figured it out. Yeah. All right, Mikey. You ready to do a review? So I'm gonna hand you this one, Mikey, and I'm gonna have you read it. There is no accent. Ooh. But it comes from Australia. Oh. <gasps> that top one. It's the one titled, You Need This. All right. Are you going to talk in an Australian accent? Uh, it's from Australia. That's yeah. the one accent Todd can do. Sure. Hello, mate. For like five <laughs> seconds. Got now. This is a review. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know what's his face says. Wait, is that his name? Yeah. Awesome. You need this. As someone... <laughs> <laughs> who religiously listens to podcasts while driving. I'm sorry, Australia. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is so mad right now. I can confirm. Confirm. <laughs> that this show is dangerously good. I'm going to sing you oh to God. me. Dangerous times. I've pulled be- I've pulled over or been asked if I'm okay. Where does this person live? <laughs> In Australia. <laughs> because of tears of laughter. <laughs> oh, God. On the flip side, <laughs> I now have an epic six pack. Oh, nice. <laughs> From the laughter. How the fuck do I not uh, have one? Well, <laughs> good day. Thank you. Jen told me, hey, Mikey. Oh. He didn't say good day. I just did that. It's, oh. oh, okay. It's artistic license. I got you. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jen told me, Mikey, and all your brilliant gifts. 
well, thank you. So, was that the five end? stars? Oh, sorry. Well, thank you so much for that awesome review. What yes, was his name thank again? You. you know what's his face? You know what's his face? That's amazing. Thank you so much for that yeah, awesome review. So sweet. And if you want us to read your five star review, leave us a five star review. We're looking for our first emoji review. Yes. Oh my God! Full <laughs> emoji review. Mm-hmm. We'll have Mikey dramatically read it. It'll well, be maybe. amazing. So, guys, leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the podcast. So, guys, if you want to check us out online, go to HorrorVirgin.com or on socials at HorrorVirgin. If you want to meet up with each of us individually online, Mikey is at Randolph 24 <laughs> Jen is at Jen Ferratu, and I am at Todd J. Awesome. Oh, guys, and if you want to help us financially support the show, please do by going to Patreon.com slash HorrorVirgin and signing up for one of the awesome levels there. We are just about to announce some awesome new stuff that's going to be going on the Patreon. So look for Mm -hmm. that very, very soon. In fact, we may have already announced it on socials by the time this drops. Yeah. And guys, if you can't afford to financially support us, please continue telling your friends and family about the show. And if you want daily free content, join the Facebook group. Yeah. It's literally, when I say daily free content, that's not like a euphemism for (laughs) sex. Like it is daily (laughs) free content. Yeah. So get in there. It's free. It's It's daily and it's content. And we three interact in it a lot too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We literally tonight, we just posted a video of us unboxing two awesome flame copter posters Mm -hmm. that Elizabeth sent us. Yes. They're amazing. So if you want to go see that video, go back like two weeks Mm -hmm. and check it out. It's amazing. It is. Yes. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Yeah. And I also want to thank you too because we've been saying for a while that we're saving to get better sound. Yes. And we are using our new mics today. Well, let's see how the recording comes out before. Yeah. Let's uh, (laughs) let's not over promise (laughs) on the reform. Yeah. So thank you for supporting us. Thank you very, very much. All right, guys. That's going to be it from us, everybody. Yeah. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. <laughs> and I'm your horror virgin Todd, guys. <laughs> Have an amazing week. Bye. You can swing more Nazi puns I haven't hit on. <laughs> How many times did you say Hitler? Nazi nerds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't, don't like be it. Nazis, guys. Like we do no. not support that. Obviously. Yeah. Horror virgin! Consequence Podcast Network.